I should. Uh, I gotta ask him if he can do business taxes. Hasn't done taxes in three years, I think. Ah, yeah. Ah, Anybody taxes. asking about it? Anybody asking about it? Not that I know of. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is March 22nd, 2022. It is springtime, and I'm your host, Brock Fleming. And with me, as usual... Did a little differently this time. Okay, nice. I saw you throwing it out there. Like, why, why am I by myself? It's none other than P Dog Cariotti at Pep Talk Thirty Two for his Twitter handle, Instagram too. I think it's Instagram. I don't know what my Twitter handle is. I think it's just at Pep Talk on on uh, Twitter. I don't tweet a lot. Oh, it's still a fairly hot platform too. So we kind of have to get in there once in a while. But anyway. Um, all right, we're going to basically get into it. It is springtime. The Jays are out. The sun is shining. I do want to take a quick second to shout out uh, birthday this week to uh, uh, Carol Faucon Arsenault. Hey, what? I guess it's, uh, nice. Yeah, just Faucon now. Um, but it's her birthday coming up on Friday. She is in Mexico. My dad is in Mexico. They are enjoying the sunshine. He said he'd tune nice. in. I really don't expect him to. I mean, you're in Mexico. Just enjoy the weather. Right. We're heading down in a week, so we're pretty pumped and starting to get our paperwork ready to go. That's exciting. It is. Hey, I want to shout out uh, the Carlton Ravens playing tomorrow night, the OUA Finals. Uh, I'll be there. They're taking on the Queens. <laughs> Golden Gales. Golden Gales of Queens. Uh, so the winner moves on to the finals, which is not being hosted in Ottawa this year. Um, so that's exciting. I'll be checking that out. We've got uh, Alain Louis and Lloyd Pandy and a couple of guys leftovers from the 2020 championship team. Uh, just what I don't think they get enough um, Canadian publicity for what they've done over the last 20 years. They're like the UCLA Bruins of uh, <laughs> of Canadian basketball. And it's crazy. It's a dynasty. And, you know, next to the CEBL, it's the highest level of basketball, and they're playing it at the highest level. And uh, other than maybe like a handful of teams, no one's really even come close to beating them. So well, it's remarkable stuff. Is that not also part of the problem? Where, you know, you think of uh, women's hockey Olympics, and you watch the, you know, the, the uh, preliminary rounds, all we're doing is waiting for Canada to play the U.S., right? That's it. There's no other – there's no real other challengers. So it doesn't make it super exciting. Now, if you were to remove Canada or the U.S. from that tournament, would there still be this big, like, ooh, Canada's in the finals again? Like, is Carlton just that good that it's, uh, it's almost lost its luster because they, they win all the time? It's expected that they win and nobody competes. Yeah. Um, short answer, no. Um, when I say that they, no one's come close, um, I don't mean the games. Are, the games have been close. Like the, the last time they played in the finals against Dow, the one I went to go see at uh, the Civic Center before the pandemic, it was a close game. And, you know, they had a couple of close games leading up to that game. So 
maybe I use the wrong wrong choice of words, but like um, it's entertaining basketball. It seems to be a different team coming up. Ryerson had a good team for a couple of years. I think they took a step back this year, but like it's entertaining and, it, and it's it's all the more remarkable that Carlton keeps doing it every year. But it's just it's a program thing. And you know, look at the talent that comes out of Canada now playing in the NBA. Actually, in even in the uh, the, the March, March Madness. Madness, yeah. There's like 30 Canadians playing in March Madness. It's unheard of. So they're drawing a lot of talent from Canada. And, uh, you know, and not, not, that talent's not coming from Carleton. So Carleton's beaten some pretty amazing teams across the country. Um, so it's exciting stuff. Again, these kids are choosing to go play overseas rather than play, or sorry, in the States rather than play uh, Canadian basketball. But anyway, it's great stuff. Carleton, again, is playing for the OUA East title tomorrow night at 8 o'clock at the Ravens Nest. Uh, I got my ticket. I don't know if there's a, a ton of tickets left, but, uh, you know, if you're a basketball fan, come on down. And uh, I think my mom's watching, by the way, today. It's what? very possible my mom's watching. Yeah. What? I think my sister set her up with some internet there temporarily tonight. and uh, Just for the show? I think so. I'm not sure. I think so. Well, yeah. if she's watching, then I'm going to have to bring the person she actually wants to see on screen <laughs> If he's uh, done walking his dog, I'd also like to apologize real quick to the uh, uh, Cap City Beats radio listeners. I forgot to press the go button in that app. So you guys are kind of coming in a bit late, but we're going to bring him in real quick here. So just so Marie gets an idea um, and gets the FaceTime that she wants. That's not me. There we go. Well, mom, if you're watching, uh, there's Curtis. There's your hello, Marie. Yeah, your boy crush. Uh, my girl crush she just talks she talks about you all the time it's crazy actually it's not even like you know i can go two weeks without seeing her then the first thing she'll say when i actually see her is oh how's curtis we're all going for breakfast there when we get back from mexico so yeah for that he's fine mom uh i'm okay how are you doing Yeah, when he did the uh, the group chat or the group video thing with uh, when she got back from the hospital, I picked up first and the uh, the squint and then the the disappointment in her eyes, I could feel it. It was <laughs> she saw Fleming on the screen. Yeah. She just didn't see the right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, if you had the phone right now, Marie, you'd hang up on me. I get it. I'm like, should I back away and just I'm just gonna buy time until Curtis comes in. Anyway, she was very flattered by all that. By the way, anyways, all good. All right. Yeah, have a good show, boys. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, Amazing. man. All right. Yeah, so shout out to Carlton. There was I had one other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, Carlton, I think that's it. No, that might be it. This episode is brought to you by Green Bubbly. <laughs> I, that's all I drank. Went to the cottage. So shout out to... You know, Scott Endicott and family and Dan Dandran and his family and Mike Dean and his family we all went up to a cottage and spent a couple nights together. And uh, that's all I drank. I had brought up a case of bubbly and I was like, well, I guess I'll just drink this all night. And it was nice, delicious. It was a lot of fun, actually, uh, to get the families together. The kids got a chance to play together. Savina was all over uh, Mike's newborn uh, kid. So she's a she's going to be a babysitter soon. Anyway, yeah. Working her over it. Uh, oh, yes. That's, I now remember. Shout out to St. Peter's. St. Peter's. St. Peter's who beat. They beat number two, Kentucky. And then they beat number three, Murray Strait, who is the highest scoring team in the nation this year. Uh, they beat him pretty handily as well. They are the only team from New Jersey since 2000 to make it to the Sweet 16. And uh, that in 2000, it was Seton Hall. And 
the Seton Hall point guard is St. Peter's head coach. So the whole thing ties in real nice. Uh, Shaheen Holloway is the head coach. He was the point guard for Seton Hall back in 2000, the last New Jersey-based team to make it to the Sweet 16. So wild stuff. They got Purdue next. It's going to be a tough game. But uh, I, the madness is, again, we've talked about playoff formats and stuff. It really is. It, it, Charles Barkley said it best. It never disappoints. Like, there's always an upset. Even if there's not, even when the top seeds make it, it's always good basketball because it's the one-and-done style. Um, and I think it, we know with them, that um, that many teams, a lot of these teams we don't get to see on TV. You know, when do, when do you see St. Peter's on television? Never. So I think it's just really cool. It's a really cool tournament. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, I watched Colgate late on Friday night. Ah, you know, they came out it. hot and were beating Wisconsin for a good amount of time. Wisconsin just kind of came back. I found there was some Older team. questionable plays. Uh, on Colgate's part and, and just rushing certain shots that, uh, you know, I'd expect us to be smarter than that. But anyway, right. they, they, they showed well. I was proud of them. Uh, yeah. But Wisconsin is a, a pretty decent team. But, yeah, when you guys start getting 64 teams, well, really 68, I guess, with a couple play-ins, yeah. um, you know, and look at what Notre Dame did for that play-in and winning a couple of games, you throw that yeah. many teams Michigan. in the mix, stuff's going to happen. Um, Michigan, shout-out to – um, I did see where – what's the coach's name? Juwan Howard. Where he was consoling that uh, – is it a Tennessee player? Or uh, Texas or Tennessee, Tennessee? Yeah, it was a Tennessee player. I think Tennessee. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's a senior. Probably. I mean, he was yeah. very emotional, so generally mm. that means he doesn't have any more opportunities to do this. They probably mm. went in, again, the favorite, so they wanted to uh, at least get past a couple of rounds and maybe make mm. some noise. You know, didn't happen. Michigan played very well. Uh, but to see, again, you know, it's uh, it's nice to see those kind of things uh, that transcend sports. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, even though you're on opposite ends, you know, he's Howard's been there. He played that in those tournaments. He's mm. been through crushing defeats, you know, uh, with phantom timeouts and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you go yeah. through it. So you, you empathize with um, the emotions and um, – the amount of energy that players are putting into it. So anyway, it's stuff like that and, is always fun to see. And Howard's coming off a five game suspension where he's, he's swung and punched a coach, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, regular season. And really at that point they were 15 and 11. And I didn't think they were going to make the, the tournament at all. So was that Wisconsin, sort of, that was, was Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, yeah, the whole, the whole, and the fact that they're still in it and playing good basketball. I mean, it's a, it's a fun, there's some fun teams left. So, and of course this is coach K's last tourney. So, I kind of going for Duke. I like Coach K. He's a classy guy, so we'll see what happens. Anyway. Uh, I was just – I wanted to bring up um, the female goalie who started for the Hull Olympics. Gascon? Eve Gascon. I wanted to make sure Did I she had win? the name. Did win? No, they ended up losing 5-4 in overtime. Um, but from the highlights I saw and from everything that I've read, she played extremely well. There was one that mm. was a bit questionable from the blue line that probably mm. she would like to have had back, but otherwise she made some pretty uh, timely saves and kept the team in it in order for them to get the overtime. And then, uh, you know, one slip by her was she did everything she could. It was like the third shot, I think, off of rebounds that went in. So, again, just the fact that she was uh, playing it at that level – uh, playing competitively, kept her team in it. Kudos to her. I know she's not uh, a permanent on that lineup, so she really made the most of her uh, opportunities. Yep, great, uh, great stuff. 
All right, so we're not going to get into the female transgender swimmer that uh, won that race. I don't know why uh, that, I'm bringing it up. You know but, what? That's really wild, though. Like, I mean, it's there. You know, it's, I don't know if it's controversial. I guess I. It's not something I I'm comfortable even talking about. I don't really know how I how, where I feel about all that. Like, I, it's just it's an amazing accomplishment. End of discussion. Like the fact, you know, anytime you can win, um, but you know, there's. There's a lot of debate as to what category they fall in, and it's tough. Yeah, that's for another episode. I have my own yeah. take on it. I think, again, it's it, it's regardless, at least my take is regardless of, um, you know, uh, what society would think or whatever. It's more I'm, I think of the, the lines of competition and, and what is fair in terms of that. Um, but anyway, that's stuff we can – you know, maybe have a separate episode on, but sure. I know that's come up multiple times over the last little while with powerlifters, with swimmers, with, uh, um, I mean, there's a, a basketball player too, who's, you know, older, but, um, you know, lighting it up in female basketball leagues. Anyway, yeah. yada, yada. It's an interesting topic. I know there's been a lot of back and forth. I, anyway, I'm seeing a lot. I'm bringing it up because there's a lot on my social media, um, news or feed uh feeds that are talking about this kind of stuff and you know again it's a it's a polarizing topic and and i just don't know how you even i don't know like what do you do like what's the 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 solution i'm not sure at that anyway let's get into real quick the nhl trade deadline has come and gone you know neither of us are right into hockey at this point so i don't know if you have anything you want to touch on the only thing i'm going to touch on is that Probably my favorite goalie of all time got traded from the Blackhawks to the Minnesota Wild. That's Marc-Andre Fleury. I love the kid. I love his attitude. I love everything he brings to the game. I love his style. Um, And I know that the Leafs had an opportunity to get him, but they didn't want to give up any future uh, assets. Um, I don't know how much they were asking, but in Minnesota it was a second-round pick, a conditional second-round pick that can be a first-round pick if Minnesota gets to the conference finals and Fleury Mm -hmm. wins four games within those playoffs, I think, or something. So, anyway, they have it all structured out there. But he's going over to Minnesota, and, you know, again, I'll follow the Wild now because of him. Uh, But, you know, I know your Canadians have made a trade. You know, um, uh, Ben Chariot is gone. Is that... (laughs) What's it called? <laughs> is that not his Chariot? It's French. It's it's Sh- yeah, yeah, They've been calling him Sherrod, but Chariot also no, Ch- works. <laughs> Chariot? I don't even watch ben it. Chirot, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, these you know guys. what? He was uh, he was really good last year during their playoff run. Um, rugged guy. It is Sherrod. It, it looks like Tampa and Florida um, have loaded up. Um, but my winner yesterday, what or whenever the de- was it yesterday the deadline Mon- yeah. Monday? Yes. Um, is Pittsburgh. Uh, they picked up the number one dr- trade bait guy next to Claude Giroux. They picked up Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks. Um, you know, and Pittsburgh is just, it's probably one of the best front offices in all of uh, all of hockey uh, with what they're able to do consistently with, with Crosby and Malkin, who are no spring chickens, by the way. I mean, Crosby, what, when was his rookie year? 2006, 2007? Shoot, I mean, listen to the audio book. I should know that. You know what I mean? He's been in the league for a long time, and the fact that they're still winning, still on top, I mean, I give credit to OV2 at, out in Washington. Uh, it's a testament to the organizations and the, how they keep sort of surrounding the, their stars with with players like Raquel, and that team's going to be tough to beat. I, I mean, that's there's a lot of good teams, but it's just sad to see how, um, 
uh, just like one or two teams do all the loading up and everybody else just kind of stands pat. I, I don't know. I'm interested to see what Calgary does. I like I, I like how they're playing. Um, yeah. How's Florida? Is Claude Giroux going to be a, a big acquisition for them? I think so. I, I mean, he's good up the middle. He's a veteran guy. He's uh, He doesn't have a cup. He's eager to win. Uh, Florida is also eager to win a cup. I mean, they, how long has it been since they've made any noise in the playoffs? Um, so it's it's exciting for them, exciting for those Florida teams. Not so much exciting for us because, I mean, you know, for me as a Montreal Canadiens fan, we're not sniffing the Stanley Cup. We're not sniffing the playoffs. Uh, if you're an Ottawa Senators fan, you're not sniffing the Stanley Cup. You're not sniffing the playoffs. So all we really have to watch is Toronto. And uh, I like Giordano, but like I was telling you and your brother, uh, he's 38 years old. Um, veteran guy on the defensive end. Uh, he played a lot of a lot of seasons in Calgary. They didn't do a whole lot, so I mean, it's a good pickup, good quality guy. But what do you think about Matt Giordano or Mark Giordano? Well, I think the Habs are sniffing cups. It's just not the Stanley Cup, but you know, it's uh, <laughs> whatever. He's uh, again hasn't won anything in his career. Does he bring enough to it? Who knows. Um, time will tell, paper. you know, it's, uh, yeah, he's got a bit of grit, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's not yeah. a trade that I, I would be excited for. Um, anyway, that's probably the, uh, the, that trade is my overall feeling of the NHL trade deadline and whatever. It's kind of like, man, it happened, but who truly. Cares? And I, I want to give Kent Hughes, the uh, GM of the uh, Montreal Canadiens an A plus for what he's doing on the fly. I mean, you know, bringing in uh, Marty St. Louis to coach, uh, Vincent LeCavalier in the head office, um, these deals that he's making, uh, I mean, they have like 10 second-round picks in the next couple of years. It's crazy what they've what they've accumulated for some of these guys. Uh, you know, and they did they did right by guys like Arturi Lekkonen by trading him to a team like Colorado. He's got, he's got a chance to win a cup. You know, Ben Sherratt trading him to Florida, good, good team. So they did right by these guys, but they accumulated so many assets. And on top of that, the, a couple of deals that they made prior to the deadline, picking up Pitlick, the Pitlick boys, I mean, mm-hmm. those guys are grit, sandpaper guys. I, I like Montreal's little team, and they're playing really good hockey lately. So, I mean, to, what he's done, I feel like the organization finally has some stability. Like, smart hockey guys in the front office, Good head coach, and their their on ice play. Brock has been really good, so we'll see what happens. I just saw your message in the private thing. <laughs> oh. I burped at the countdown. <laughs> I can't even remember I now. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, uh. that all that to say, the, the to devote a whole day to it, like TSN does. I mean, like the argument is, what else is on TV at, at from eight a.m. to three p.m. on a Monday? Um, in the middle of March. So, I mean, of course they have all the time to devote to deadline. There's nothing else on TV at that time. So unless you're Mike good. and you're watching days of our lives. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk a little Jays. All right. I was going to say, you want to go Jays or you want to go... go talk a little Jays. Let's talk a little Jays. Right. Um, if we had Mike, we would probably do some sort of, do I even have an MLB? You intro? must have the. I don't see it. Yeah. But yeah. The blue, the gold oh, yeah. blue Jays song. Don't you? Hold on a second. One. No. No, I don't have it. I don't have it. No, I don't have it. No, I got nothing. It's gone. Okay. It's gone. Well, I, okay. Let's let's uh, let's talk about the Jays this off season here. Um, spring ball had just started, and I've watched all four games, and uh, they're deep. 
they're deep in the in the farm. I mean, they've got some, they're going to have to make some hard choices. But uh, let's talk about the obvious, the Matt Chapman trade, which I thought personally third base was their biggest need. I said if they solidify third base, they're going to they can move Biggio back to sort of his natural second. You keep Vladdy at first, and all you're really looking for at this point then is a DH, and that could they can do that via Grichik or whichever outfielder is not playing. They could throw him at DH. So I think solidifying third was like priority one this offseason as far as I'm concerned, and that's what they did. And now you're seeing everything sort of fall into place in the infield. And uh, they picked up Greg Bird, who was the Yankees' top prospect for a couple of years. He had a really good rookie season. Then he got hurt. Like, he got hurt a lot. And uh, the last time he was on the field, I think he was uh, in a triple-A for the Rockies, and he had a 27 homers. Uh, so, you know, the Jays are taking a chance on him. He's a left-handed power bat. He's having a great spring so far, four games in, mind you, but he could hit his way onto the team and be that left-handed power bat that we've been looking for all offseason, you know? They brought up Schwarber and Freddie Freeman. I didn't see how those guys fit. Freeman was a tough one. It was like a a wish list almost, and then say, what are you going to do? Are you going to put, you know, give Vladdy a a chance at third, who, again, looks to be even in better shape than he was last year? Um, You know, do they go that route or, you know, I don't know. I Like I've always said, I wanted to see – I kind of wanted to see Donaldson come back. I wanted to see him at third. I wanted to see him come back with the Jays and whatever. I liked him. I thought they can get him for a decent price. Now, when he – Signed, they picked up Chapman. I mean, that's a good signing. What's even better is that they signed him for two for 25, which I thought was was actually probably a steal for the Jays. For a gold glover, yeah. Now, I didn't look at it close enough. Maybe you can tell me because they had him for the year. Is the 225 on top of this or does that include this year? I think I feel like I read that they they um, it included this year. They just sort of renegotiated the contract for it to include this year. So it's not it's a two year extension, that, but this year counts as the extension. I I mm. think is if I read it correctly. But you know, for uh, like I was telling the boys, even if he craps the bed at at the plate, twelve million dollars for a Gold Glove third baseman is a steal in today's MLB. Did you watch today's game where he went out with the uh, laceration? Well, you said you watched them all, so you he, looked, he got spiked. Yeah, he got spiked. But I'm telling you, two plays before that, I think he scooped up some ball that was a real tough bounce and just made it look easy, routine. Yeah, you know, and you know, this talk about well, we just if we do get a first base, we move Vladdy back to third. This is prior to Chapman. Why would Vladdy want to go back to third? He he was an all he was a Gold Glover at first last year. He made some incredible plays playing first. He looked comfortable. I, I think he, he could obviously he was able to focus on his hitting because he hit 48 home runs and he batted over 300. Just <laughs> so, a trailer. I mean, why would you move him anywhere? He he looks so natural at first. You keep Vladdy right there. And I don't even think Vladdy is going out saying, no, put me back at third. I want to play third. Why would you want to play third when you're able to just – I mean, first base is a great place to play, is it not? Oh, yeah. You're speaking to a – career first baseman yeah <laughs> and and he's got the personality for it too which you know a lot of people don't understand but it takes camera time it's camera time but it's also i mean you're talking with every other player in the in the the league that you play against goes yep. at some point to first base so you're yep. shooting this the crap with these guys on and off you're joking with them whatever you're anyway it's a it's an engaging position Never do you get, rarely do you get the first and you have some like, you know, introvert, doesn't want to say anything, really kind of like a 
jerk on the field playing first base. Like you have to have that. And it, it's, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's also part of the game. It's like totally. you're, you're doing things to not take them off their game, but to you know, lighten the mood a bit, but also maybe that takes some focus away. Maybe it's this anyway, it's, it is an integral part, and I think that Vladdy is the perfect fit for that. So I have been the one saying that, oh, Vladdy can go back to first uh, to third, provided he wanted to. If he wanted to do that, if he was asking for it, if he was like disappointed that he got moved to first and he was like working his tail off to lose weight to become a third baseman because he wanted to do that, then I think, yes, he's a guy that you, you make happy. You say, yeah, yep. sure, we'll give you a shot there. Yeah, sure, we'll whatever. But if he's not and, and he accepts it and – relishes that role at first base, which he's been so good at. I think that's his natural fit will be there. And look at the comparisons. When you talk about having a personality at first, the three guys, as you were talking, three guys came to my mind, Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, and David Ortiz. Every t- those guys, every time you see somebody at first, they're, they're chatting, they're having a good time or whatever. They're commiserating when it's, when it's time for business. They, you know, they're three of the best to ever do it. They all played first. Vladdy kind of is in the same family when it comes to uh, that engaging personality playing at first. It's, it's, you make a good point. And how many how many singles versus triples happen on a, on a you know a, a leadoff hitter? Right. It, it's a hundred. It's a hundred singles to one triple. So he's, he's going to get a lot of camera time. It's you know you, you could tell he's engaging. You tell he likes being on the camera. So you know I'm a big fan of uh, of keeping him at first. So. He you know, likes to I be part the one, of the game too. So, you know, you have yeah. the, the pickoffs, you have the other stuff. Like you're guaranteed to get more action at first in one way or another. Maybe it's not the hot corner, but you're getting, yeah. to, I got to hold somebody. I got to communicate, whatever. So you're kind of in that game. You talked about characters. I will quickly circle saying another character who, you know, doesn't show it as much in the field, but Rowdy Telez was at first base and he just officiated Jensen's wedding. I don't know if you saw that today on the, uh, uh, on the the broadcast of the game, so Jensen got married, and Rowdy Telez was the officiant at his wedding. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, very cool. Anyway. Very cool. I like Rowdy. I hope yeah, he does too. well. I think he's still in Milwaukee. I hope he does well over there. Um, I mean, we're not going to sit and analyze every single position tonight. I just thought we would touch out some. Uh, you know, certainly Matt Chapman being a uh, um, a big acquisition, the main. Acquisition. Oh, we're not. All right then. But no. <laughs> But I did want to talk about what I perceive to be still the two main hole, well, maybe three main gaffes still that they need to to fill. Careful with the choice second, of wording. Okay, continue. I still I think second still is a problem. I, I'm not sold on Kevin Biggio, who sprained his elbow before they even played a game. So, you know, if this guy is going to be continue to be injury prone, I mean, he sell him while it's high. Still, you know. I think one of the outfield positions still, I, I, they just uh, signed Teoscar for another year. He, uh, they, he avoided arbitration one year, 10 mil, which I think is another steal. 10.6. Yeah. He's out yeah, with a wrist uh, right now, but yeah. So, you know, outside of Springer, you've got Teoscar who they're committed to and then Gritchick and Guriel. So if you're happy with those four, fine. I, I'm still not sold on Guriel and Gritchick. I mean, I, I feel like they can still get another star to replace those two combined and then you can get some speed off the bench rather than having this platoon and then catcher. I mean, do we like Jansen? I like Danny Jansen personally. Alejandro Kirk looks like he's swinging a bat uh, a little bit better this spring, but I mean, I think those to me are the three positions still. I mean, their pitching looks great. Their bullpen looks great. What do you think they need right now? If anything? Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I have my, 
you know, starting lineup based on what they have right now, and that's Give it I, to have, me. I have Jensen a catcher. I have Vladdy at first. I have Biggio penciled in at second, but there's a question mark next to him. Chapman at third, Bichette at shortstop. I have Gurriel, Springer, and Grichuk in the outfield. Hernandez has a wrist right now anyway, but, um, you know, you talk about a DH position or something like that. Those between Gurriel and Hernandez. And like you said, Grichuk, a three-way move can put whoever else isn't there, can put their bat in the lineup and say, you know what, they're going to be our DH. Yeah. Biggio really is the biggest question mark for me right now as to what and what, like which Biggio is going to show up. Is it the early in his career um, or is it the guy we saw at the end of last year where he had a lot of time off and when he started to come in, he was actually very effective and started to play really well. So Great hitter. Does he build off of that? I mean, having – he was never a third baseman. His arm is suited for second. Can that be the, you know, the, the missing piece? Because obviously – um, who do we lose? Love them. Second base last oh, year. Oh, Simeon. Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon. Like, that was that was great. And the chemistry him and Bichette had and stuff was great. Uh, you know, obviously, we just kind of shifted our, our issue from third to second. Uh, but I think second is probably an easier fill. Hey, is Ryan Gohan still available? Let's bring him back. I really <laughs> like this glove. Anyway. I, uh, no, I like... I think they can, they're going to be able to duplicate the production from Simeon through Chapman and Biggio. Think so? Which is great. Which is a great situation to have. Uh, you know, last year they their third base was was a major issue. Like I mean, Espinal and uh, the year before they brought in Travis Shaw. That didn't work. Um, you know, so like I think they've solidified third. Biggio slides to his natural second. He's a great patient hitter. His on-base percentage was through the roof the one uh, the one shortened year when they played the 60 games. He, he was great. So I think if he's healthy, he'll be great. The question is his health. So, I mean, by all accounts, he's he's healthy. He'll have an opportunity. Um, I do really like Greg Bird, and I think that uh, I think that he will provide that left-handed power bat that they're missing. They're all righties. They are it's, it's all a, righties. Like, BGO is a lefty. That's the only – like, that's – why you almost yeah. need to have him in the lineup, given the 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 roster that I just provided. But they're for sure. all righties. I mean, they're going to make life hell for left-handed pitchers. But you know, when you know when you're facing righties all the time, they're going to you know the pitch you in, pitch you hard, pitch you in. It's going to be tough. So we'll see what happens. I think uh, you know I don't think they're done buying. I might, they might be done right now, but I think a guy like Greg Bird can hit his way onto the team. He's a professional hitter. He was, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, a Yankee top prospect, had a great rookie year and just fizzled out due to injury. But kid's got pop. He's got a good good eye on the plate. Uh, left-handed hitter. He can DH. By the way, universal DH this year, right? All across uh, the majors in L2. Yeah, it's about time, really. Yeah. Like, as much fun as, I mean, I'm glad that uh, Otani got the MVP last year because... I mean, the guy did everything. He wouldn't get – you'd never get a chance to pitch and and uh, and hit and stuff at the same time. Like, do you still DH for a guy like that? If you don't want Great to. Question. You have universal DH, but you're like, well, I don't want to because the guy who's pitching is as good as our DH, so I don't want to. True story. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work? Anyway, it's oh, we saw ex- what we saw last, last year I think is going to be – if it's a universal DH, we'll never see it again. So Fine good with for me. Him. Fine with me. I mean, if the Expos come back and they end up somehow in the NL again, I don't need to see their pitchers hitting every uh, every third inning or whatever. I mean, it just 
I'm talking specifically yeah. Otani. I don't want to see the rest of the pitchers, but like that, that uh, level of efficiency as a pitcher, as a hitter, as an outfielder, like the guy was pretty impressive. Yeah, and if he's going to produce uh, as a pitcher and, and a DH or whatever position he plays um, when he's not pitching, put him wherever he wants. If he's going to hit 50 home runs, you, put, you play him wherever. It doesn't matter. So that's awesome stuff. Um, I'm excited. And the Jays, we didn't talk much about their pitching, but their staff, their rotation looks like this. Uh, Barrios, got Kevin Gosman, who I really, really like. I mean, they might have the best pitching staff in the, in the, uh, in the AL. Uh, you know, reuse a third pitcher, it's amazing. Um, Kikuchi, the, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. The the guy they got for the lefty they got from Seattle. It's probably better their, than Shario. Their, their fifth, <laughs> their fifth starter is Alec Manoa. So I mean that's pretty great. And Nate Pearson's he is, he might end up being an ace when it's all said and done. It might not be this year. I think they'll use him out of the pen this year and try to get a full healthy year out of him. But again, he was their number one prospect ahead of all those guys for a couple of years. So. I hope he gets a chance. I'm a huge fan of his. The guy throws gas. <laughs> the guy throws heat. So, you know, it's a great issue to have. Yeah, if he's open to coming from the bullpen, um, you know, that that changes a guy's career pretty quick too and can extend it, can whatever. So, um, you know, I think maybe it's uh, he did well coming out of the, the bullpen. I think a little less pressure than being the starter. Um, as we talked about in the past, I think Alec Manoa coming in and having some success as a young up and coming pitcher, I think took a little bit of the focus off of Nate Pearson and the whole pressure of like, he's our savior. Uh, he's the next big thing. So I think that's all those things coming together. I think that Pearson is, uh, I think he's, he's primed to, to have a really good season and, uh, you know, whether that ends up moving him into the starting role at some point, giving some depth or injuries that might come up to play, which, is inevitable. It's always going to happen. It's inevitable. Um, and that's why when you talk about switching a couple of those outfielders for maybe one other star, I don't know. I think it, I don't know if it's worth it other than having, you know what I mean, like a, a quality rotation of four outfielders that can also DH and say, you know what, we have that kind of depth there. If you trade two for one, I don't know, is that putting too many eggs in one basket? Anyway. Well, my, my thought process is more like if you look at Tampa – what they do with their DH and, and all the flexibility they have, I think it's because they they have dynamic guys. They're all they're not all the same guys, and uh, it'd be nice to have like a speedster come off who can just sort of like a slap hitter who can get the ball in play. And they have if you're if you happen to catch some of these games in the next couple of weeks, they've got these young fast guys who can just get the butt their bat on the ball and they're super quick. This kid Barrios yesterday was just like, I mean, it was incredible to see him. Um, and then they've got uh, Malik Smith, who they picked up last year. He's not a great hitter, but he's lightning quick. Um, so, I don't know. It would be nice to have, like, that sort of dynamic guy they could bring off the bench if they need to steal a base or whatever. I'm not saying that Gurriel and Grichik don't do that or can't do that, but they seem to be almost – well, Grichik and, and Hernandez more so than Gurriel. They seem to be this, almost the same guy. Like, it's hitter, it's all or nothing hitting kind of thing, you know? Like, it's uh, the ball's going out or they're striking out. So we'll see. I mean, they've all they've all gotten better at the plate. I'm going to give them all credit, especially Hernandez. But, you know, it'd be nice to have that other option. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and we've been saying it for a long time. And, and we did. I did find that we saw a little bit more of it last year where they were pushing the pace of play. They were trying to put some speedsters on. But that, I mean, that involved like uh, Espinola third and like those kind of guys getting into that, yeah. that mix. And 
what's happening is that the Jays are are like the players, the the starting, they're they're playing themselves and hitting themselves into you got to play them every week, and their bats are so lethal at any given moment that they start to kind of revert back almost to the the Jays of the you know 2015s and 14s or whatever where it was like live and die by the home run and I yeah. think you're right I think they need to have that sort of that good mix of um, being able to get the speed on the on the bases so again yeah. whether it's just slapping the was it oldest Nixon where he was just kind of like he was already yeah. running before yes. he even hit Yes. You know, and just say, I'm just getting the bottom of the ball. And if you don't like make it clean, I'm going to get there before you get it yep. and say, you know, I'm going to make you make a mistake and it, uh, stuff like that is, is what I would like to see. And I think that teams like Tampa do a lot better job than we do. It's why I like Biggio in the lineup, uh, Biggio and Chapman taking the place of Simeon. Don't get me wrong. Simeon was great, but he hit a lot of home runs and uh, I don't, I'll be shocked if he replicates that in Texas. I'll be shocked. I mean, Homer friendly dome. I just don't, I don't see it happening now that he's the man in Texas. They've got only, it's like a, basically a two person lineup. He's not going to get the same looks. He's not protected. You know? Like he is. He's not he protected at all. I mean, we for talked him, about. I didn't think that was, a, it was a smart, I mean, I guess his business move is the wrong word because he got paid huge money. But I mean, from a, from a uh, perspective of like his career, I mean, it's going to be a lot harder now in Texas for him. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm interested to see. I doubt he'll replicate the numbers he put up in Toronto. I don't. You won't get 45 homers in Texas. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Now we'll we'll talk at the end of the season, see if I'm right or wrong. But I'm calling it now. I don't think he gets over 40. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a a chicken bet because it's guaranteed he's not getting over 40. In you don't Texas. think so? No, hey, I don't they think signed him for a, they signed him to money for him to get over 40. I mean, that's big bucks no, they gave the him. The thing over there. is. Contracts in sports, you get paid on what you've done. So he got paid because he had 40 some odd, 48 home runs with the Jays. His next contract isn't going to be as big. Why? Because he's not getting – he probably doesn't get 35 this year. Well, okay, what, what do you think? He over 30? No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's got Ooh. under. I'm going to say he takes a huge step back because the fact that there's nobody there to protect him. So they could pitch around him all they want. There's nobody there to threaten – the next guy up, like there's no Vladdy, there's no, you know, uh, Springer kind of bookending him where it's like, well, pick your medicine. Okay. Who are we going to hit against or pitch against? I don't think he gets, I'm going to say he's not going to get 30 or he's going to be like at 30, maybe tops, but. Okay. I think he's good. I think he gets between 35 and 40, but he doesn't hit 40. That's my call. Interesting. Right, Sorry, just... Marcus Simeon. You had a great year, but that's what you get when you leave the Jays. You get a lot of hate. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> Uh, so Pep. anyways, all right, let's, um, it's, it's way too early to be analyzing every single thing, but let's, uh, let's move on. We'll see what happens in a couple of weeks when grapefruit league comes to an end. Uh, one of my favorite days of the year outside of being St. Patrick's day is, uh, Jay's opening day. It's my, it's one of my, I actually, if I'm working that day, I take a half day and I make sure that I watch the first game of the year, every year, Toronto blue Jays, one of my favorite days of the year. Didn't we talk about at one point we were going to go down and down eat in to do this, but damn COVID. Maybe next year. Maybe we'll plan Maybe, it out next oh, year. Well, yeah, who knows? Head down to Florida. That could be fun. All okay. right. Let's, uh, let's talk NFL because it was a crazy two weeks.
Gotta do uh, the fade out while we have the thing on. Uh, hey, Chris, in my lifetime, I've never seen this level of uh, impact and actions from the uh, just uh, just quarterback. I mean, we haven't even. We probably won't have time to get into like position players. Uh, you know, offensive lineman Lyle Collins going to the Bengals. That kind of stuff. We, I mean, if we we could do a show just on quarterbacks and what has happened this offseason from Ben Roethlisberger retiring to Tom Brady deciding to retire to Aaron Rodgers being unsure with we thought he was going to get traded retired like it would that would have changed the entire landscape then to have Brady come back Rodgers sign and then to see the flurry of activity with the other guys i mean this is crazy yeah i mean i didn't have my ups and downs with Tom Brady because i told you Tom Brady is not retiring. You called it, the, I think. Yeah, I yep. called it multiple times. There's, he's just not, he's not going out on that like tweet or whatever it was, and somebody uh, leaked it, and that's uh, Tom Brady. Oh, he's retired, and then we're going to move on with life. No, Tom Brady is going to do a Tom Brady tour. He's going to have a one last kick of the can. Everybody is going to know ahead of time this is his final year, and yeah. tickets. Shout out or or. My sympathies go to the guy that paid $500,000 for Tom Brady's last touchdown ball. You see that? <laughs> There's got to be some sort of recourse for him. But anyway. I that's think Brady's going to hook him up, I think, from what I hear. Anyway, there should, I mean, if you bid on this, given that, as soon as Tom Brady throws a touchdown, then it's false advertising and you can't sell it. you got to give money back. Anyway. Crazy. Uh, but I, you know, you know that Tom Brady's going to go to every stadium that's on that schedule as Tom Brady's last one. People are going to go to Tampa to watch Tom Brady's last game. He's going to tell everybody in the locker room, "This is my last season. This is the last kick of the can. Let's do it for Tom. Let's yeah. do it for Tom, and let's get him what eight? Is it? Uh, it would be his eighth if he wins. Something like that. Anyway, whatever. We're going to go do that. This, this is not his last year, by the way. You don't think so? Nope. No way. Uh, nope. This is not his last year. If he wins, I, I does he the, go out? I, I get the sense that he, this is what I think happened. He <laughs> retired. It scared the hell out of him. And now he's like, I'm going to keep playing. <laughs> I'm not retiring, period. Like, he'll retire when, I think, when he physically takes a step back. I mean, didn't he, did he not finish second for MVP voting this year? Uh, I wouldn't know. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP, so he was second. I mean, you don't. He's still playing at a high level. I think we'll see him go when he has a season like he did his last year in New England, where he struggled a little bit and, you know, some of the talent around him wasn't there, whatever the case is. I think that's when we'll see him go. So, no, I don't think he I think he goes out on top. If they win this year, he goes out on top. I, I don't if you get that know. opportunity, I, you go out on top. Maybe. Maybe. You have to. If he did. You have to. You can't go out on, like, the worst season of your career and, like, just – just everybody watching you just lose it on national television and, and everybody criticize you and say, I'm just watching you get old and what? Whoa, wait a second. What Are I you, miss? You taking a you taking a shot at Big Ben right there, bud? Hey, if shot. you want no, I won't underhand any shots of Big Ben. I will slap him right in the face. <laughs> I'm not a Big Ben fan. You know that. But that's that's a great example, and I mean, you brought it up, not me. But watching Big Ben in his play, <laughs> it was, you know what I mean. It's painful to the watch. Last, the last two years, the last two years, I will I will be the first to admit. Last year in particular, oof. But the year before that, um, the bubble year, 
I mean, it, the offense was really hard to watch. All the dinks and dunks and the, his inability to get out of the pocket. But his first 15, he was remarkable. And actually, in particular, his first eight, watching him run for his size and extend plays and do what he did was remarkable. But you Nobody know remembers it, sh- except for you. It's the last two years. Everybody's like, ah, oh, Ben sucks. Tom Brady doesn't want that. Tom Brady wants to go out. I'll be remembered as winning a Super Bowl. I'm out. Number eight, I'm out. That's what he's going to be doing. Well, yeah. I mean, let's hope. I mean, let's hope he makes the right choice and, and leaves on top. But I don't think he will. I think this really scared him. I think it put him in. It's like, oh, I'm not ready to. Uh, I've, I've still got a lot left in me, and I don't want to stay home and be a dad and a yet and all that stuff. You know, I don't think I don't think he's there in his head. I think he this really scared him. He's so he's not we'll see what scared happens. to be at home with his children. I mean, it's normally an off season, so it was like four days can't be like, this is my life now. Maybe, maybe he did. Um, yeah, I mean, he probably just said, oh, God, I don't want to quit. I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. We'll right. see what happens. So but Pep hey, not retired. Brock will retire if when. I'm just writing all this stuff down so we can bring it yeah. up at another time. Please do. <clears throat> I think Brady's coming back. One, because he wants to finish on top. Two, have the tour. Three, the NFL is the NFL. The NFC is primed still for him to have. The best team, other than the Green Bay Packers, who else is ready to sort of make that push? The I AFC mean, is loaded. I mean, the Rams are still the team to beat, but you know they've lost. Uh, you know, the Whitworth retired. Um, Von Miller's you know, gone. The receiving core. They traded Robert Woods. OBJ's gone. Robert Robertson. Woods is gone. Uh, I mean, it's. You know, it's interesting. I got the power rankings right here from uh, NFL.com, the most recent power rankings, and it, there's uh, not many NFC teams in the top ten. Um, geez, like how uh, could you, giving what has transpired over these last Rams. couple of weeks? Okay, what do you got? Rams or what? Don't mind the uh, the audio here. The audio shut this off. Automatically plays. Got it. Here, here's here's the top ten uh, via NFL.com. They got Buffalo ranked one, um, the Rams two, Chiefs at three, Bengals four. Surprising, Bucks five. So we got the oh Niners six. Very interesting. Packers seven, Chargers eight, Broncos nine, and uh, Tennessee ten. I don't know how they came up with that ranking. I'm not sure I would put. Wow, that's crazy. Anyway, that's an interesting ranking from NFL.com. I don't know mm-hmm. if I put the Niners at six. I know they had a great run, but I mean they're going to move to Trey Lance. I don't know if I don't know if Trey Lance is ready to take the reins. Nothing anybody knows. Well, Jimmy G's still there until Jimmy G's notice, still there. Right? He, I mean, what are they going to? You know, he's is he going to come back and play? I mean, he's gonna, if he, if he does come back with them, is he the starter? Or is there a quarterback controversy? I mean, Jimmy G has brought them to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship. I mean, you going to sit him for an unknown commodity. I mean, they can go out and get uh, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> you know what? That's a great, let's, let's talk about that. I, the NFC, like you said, is really nothing to, nothing to discuss. I don't think anybody did anything mind blowing with Jameis Winston's back. Uh, I'd like to see Justin Fields uh, a year, another year under his belt, see what the Bears do. But really all the actions going on in the uh, – well, Carson Wentz, I suppose, is the big acquisition in the NFC going to the Washington Commanders. Um, I don't see that 
uh, ending. I thought well Mariota going to Atlanta was probably a, a step in the right direction, actually, for the Falcons with Matt Ryan going to the Colts. But I mean that that alleviated something. I think Mariota has <sighs> maybe bringing a bit of a fresh blood to a Falcons team that has been dying for something exciting to go for. Well, I thought about that. I thought about talking about the Falcons because, I, I, you know, as you know, I wanted the Steelers to take Mariota or Trubisky in the offseason as a bridge quarterback for somebody they draft. Um, but he's going to an Atlanta Falcons team that can't block and has no weapons now o- outside of Kyle Pitts and Corderell Patterson, who is like kind of like that Swiss Army guy, but he's big for a Swiss Army guy. He can run the ball, he can catch the ball, mm-hmm. but you know, and he kicks, he returns punts. But that's it. Ridley's out for the year, and I, I mean, I don't like I don't know what what they're going to do in Atlanta to uh, make that offense dynamic enough for Mariota to be successful. I mean, teams are just going to key in on Kyle Pitts, are they not? Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else they put on. Somebody posted something saying who's going to stop this offense, and it had a four split, but it had Patterson, Pitts, Mariota, and I'm pretty sure there's one more person. I can't think of who the heck that is now. But somebody put it like, who's going to stop this offense? And I was like, well, they Everybody. Are. <laughs> Forget a defense. They're probably going to stop themselves. But- Everybody. <laughs> And and like I say, on top of that, they did not they did a very poor job of blocking for Matt Ryan, who I might add is a great addition to the Indianapolis Colts. He's definitely a step up from Carson Wentz. Uh, he's two steps up from Jacoby Brissett, who they who started for them the year before. Um, you know, he's the closest thing to Andrew Luck that they've had since Andrew Luck. Uh, and they got him for retired. a third round pick. That's, that's a good. great. That's a great. Great pickup for Indianapolis. Actually, brilliant. Better than Bader. You know who else thinks it's a really good pick? OBJ. Odell Beckham Jr. tweeted or sent something where he thought the Matt Ryan's going to go to the Colts and really do something special there. Now, he's, a, I believe, a free agent. Um, not been brought back by the Rams yet. I think he's kind of putting feelers out there, but maybe he ends up in Indianapolis somewhere. Yeah, it would make sense. I mean, uh, you know, they just lost Pascal, who is one of their receivers. I think he signed with the Eagles. So yeah. there's an opening there. Maybe he's trying to uh, talk his way in. But Jarvis Landry is still out there. Jarvis Landry's name has been tied to the Steelers, oddly enough, which would be a good fit because they don't have anybody. They have James Washington signed in Dallas, and uh, Juju's gone to Kansas City, so they've just got the two guys left. I think Juju's um, going to have a good year in Kansas City. How could you not? Although they lost uh, one of their speedsters to um, – uh, the Raiders today. The other one was it Demarcus Robinson. Oh, is he with the Raiders? He just signed with the Raiders Gator, today. Yeah. So, so there was definitely a need there. So we'll see what happens. But let's sticking with the quarterbacks. I wanted to ask you your opinion on the situation in Cleveland. And uh, let, let's just rewind really quickly. Twenty twenty, Baker Mayfield playoffs first round. They come into Pittsburgh. They drop twenty eight zip in the first quarter. They end up blowing out their rival. Everyone's going berserk. Okay, Cleveland's finally over the hump. They go in. They play Kansas City in the next round. They put up a good fight. Everyone's sexy pick that offseason. Oh, Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl. Browns, this and that, the other. They have a tough year this year. You know, he's injured practically the whole year. He played with a bum shoulder. Um, he couldn't rely on OBJ. When OBJ finally disappeared, they, it showed that they finally had a little bit of momentum. They played well without him. Um now now what? 
Now they have they went out, they picked up Deshaun Watson. People in the community are putting signs on Stefanski's uh, lawn saying, you know, like 22 women, uh, not all 22 women um, could be lying at the same time. Like it just, it's just a bad scene in Cleveland. The organization puts out a statement saying, this is why we did it. We did our due diligence, all this nonsense. Um, receivers, I mean, Amari um, Cooper suddenly, is, is he the man? Was he the man? Can he be the man? I mean, what are your thoughts on what Cleveland's doing? It's just a year outside everyone taking them to go to the Super Bowl. You can't really be surprised. I know you make a lot of comments on uh, our group pages. Stuff like the Browns are going to Brown. <laughs> This is the definition of the Browns are going to Brown. They gave up, you know, one, how much guaranteed money to a guy who is coming off a year of not playing, legal issues. Four and 12 year the Four and 12 ish there. You know, okay, he didn't have Hopkins and stuff with him that year. Fine. You know, talented, but to be the. Highest and most guaranteed money of a quarterback in NFL history, um, especially when you have a guy like Rodgers who just signed his big biggest deal of his career that only guaranteed 150. How do you do that? Money aside, the amount of picks and stuff that they had given up on top of that is mind blowing, and also sacrificing your future, which. I think you're sacrificing your future from both ends, really, with your Deshaun signing and with the draft picks. You know, I did say that I thought maybe they're thinking that Baker Mayfield might bring in some other picks that they can kind of recoup. Um, They did sign Jacoby Brissett, who the other starter in in the Colts that you were talking about. Uh, So he's likely going to be the backup in in Cleveland. So really making no room for Baker Mayfield. Um, But, like, I don't know. They're just... I don't know what they're doing. I honestly don't know what Cleveland is thinking. Um, making some of these moves. They have a good running game. Their offensive line wasn't too, too bad either. You know, is he, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what happens. Well, I mean, Kevin Stefanski is a great offensive coach, so he's going to make it work. I think there's enough dynamic uh, talent on there with Njoku. I mean, they did cut uh, Austin Hooper, but the the the, the young kid, um, the, the backup tight end, played better, if not uh, if not the best out of the three tight ends. So we'll see what happens there. But I mean, for me, it's just the optics of it all. And you know, Mayfield, I don't know. He's not Johnny Manziel. I think the people the associate the Manziel with Mayfield too too much. I don't know if, how good Mayfield is in the locker room. Supposedly he's immature or whatever, but I mean, the guy took you to like the guy took you to the promised land pretty quickly after coming over, after being picked, you know, you give up on, on all that so quickly, you know how it is. Continuity is like super important in the NFL. It's rare that you could just put a bunch of guys together and succeed overnight. It's rare. You know, you have to compliment everybody, but you have to have the foundation in place. And, I mean, Cleveland's just going to start from scratch again and uh, and see what they can do. I mean, those guys are gone. Amari Cooper and Watson are two different guys. Oh, for sure. You know? I mean, Amari Cooper, I like Amari Cooper. I think he, you know, is a, is a decent receiver. Those are different guys. You know, Mayfield could be a great guy in the locker room. But you know what they say, you know, characters in the locker room is one thing, but it's really how you treat your, your masseuses as really the indication as to what kind of character you are. <laughs> um, so we're going to see, I guess, over the next little while what uh, what comes of this and these moves. I mean, Watson alone, here's, I think, 
some of the, the, the transactions that I just think are worth mentioning that may be less attention because they're not quarterbacks, they're not the 230 mil. But I think Von Miller going to the Bills I thought was a great pickup. That's a fairly large signing, too, at 120 mil. Six um, years. <clears throat> yeah, they really locked in with him, which, hey, that's – I'd rather that than, you know, try and get a, a, a one-year kind of deal out of him. I think Von Miller mm-hmm. brings a lot. Um, this is probably where he's going to finish his career. Like, I don't see him having much more after six years. Um, so he, is he hitching his wagon to what he thinks is the next team sort of uh, primed to make a run of the Super Bowl? You know, if the power rankings are any indication, then that would be a yes. Now, uh, Von Miller, the Bills, I thought Jamison Crowder uh, is also a sign for the Bills, and I thought nice pickup. that was a good pickup. They cut Cole Beasley, I think, because uh, he got, he wasn't vaccinated. Is that why they cut him, or is it just because? Anyway, Crowder almost replaces with more talent than Cole Beasley. I think he could be that possession receiver, too, and those, like, those quick passes but he creates a lot more separation than Beasley and he's also um, a lot more of a threat when he gets the ball so I think Jameson crowded to the Bills I thought that was actually a really good pickup giving their situation Mm. we talked about Lael Collins to the Bengals that's a no-brainer for me Um, they picked up Hayden Hurst too yeah the that's the tight end I think eh yeah yeah, but they also picked up Ted uh, Karras or what Karras Ted Karras yeah Karras Karras I can't say Alex Karras was his dad, Alex Karras, played for the Lions in the 70s. Is it, do you remember Webster? The show Webster? Yeah. He was the dad. Alex Karras is the dad on that oh, show. Oh, that's anyway, that guy? Ted Karras, yeah. All right. <laughs> so Ted Karras is his son. Anyway, uh, so good pickup, I think. Yeah, he's going by Karras now. Okay, so Karras. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say names, apparently. This is no. Anyway, Atentacupo. It took me a while. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey yeah. it's close. You got it. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, anyway, he's coming in. He was with the Patriots, I think, last year. But he's a yeah. center. He's going to be probably the sixth lineman for the interior and, and likely compete for a starting job somewhere there. And these are the issues that the Bengals needed to address. So those two alone make a huge difference because their right side, I guess, was the weakest, I think. And so yeah. if you have Leo Collins be able to move in there somewhere and this other uh, – and uh, Karras into there, I think that almost solidifies their offensive line injuries aside so those are huge um shout out to alex singleton um who was the linebacker with the philadelphia eagles prior to that he was a cfl star with this calgary stampeders uh anyway he had a great career in philadelphia he got uh moved or signed with the broncos so he's in uh oh nice pick yeah a really good spot i think for uh for him and uh yeah, the other two that uh, I thought Dante Fowler with the Cowboys is something that they because they lost somebody too. So I thought that was a probably decent pickup for what he was worth. And uh, obviously Robert Woods uh, went with the Titans, which I thought with uh, the failed uh, Julio Jones uh, experiment there, that Robert Woods might be able to provide a little bit more of a pass threat. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see what happens. But uh, they're a team that I just they haven't figured out that balance between their extremely good run game and the passing game and mm. i don't know there there there's something missing i don't know what it is i can't put my finger on it because their offensive line is good their running game is good there's a lot of respect to making sure that king henry doesn't run all over you so there's yeah. got to be openings um you know Tannehill is a good quarterback so again i don't know what's 
the little, but they're they're there. You know what I mean? It's mm. there, and if they figure it out, they'll be a dangerous team as well. I'm interested to see what the what the Ravens do. Zadarius Smith had a contract in place with them, and uh, he pulled out, and he signed with the Vikings today. So, um, oh, I saw very, that. Yeah, so very interesting. Uh, uh, they're you know the Ravens have some issues. They're usually pretty good with you know signing these guys, these types of players. Uh, you know they have a system. They know exactly what they look for. But they're losing some people, and they haven't replaced them yet. So this might be a big draft for them. Um, I haven't talked much about my Steelers, but they've been. This is probably the most active they've been in free agency since I've been alive. They rarely do this much. Uh, they brought That's in James what teams Daniels. That's suck. Do they try and James read. Daniels an excellent young guard. So and they bring in Mason Cole, who played with the Cardinals and the Vikings. So they they shore up their their offensive line, which was probably their biggest issue last year. I, I don't think those two guys solve all their issues. Let's not make, let's not kid ourselves. They still Kevin Dotson still has to play good at guard. They still need to find out what they have uh, at left tackle with Dan Moore. Um, but it's a start, you know. And they can address now that they have that set up and spend some money in free agency. My, my thing with them is their defense. I mean, look if they if Stephon Tuitt comes back, he was arguably one of the top five defensive linemen in all of the NFL his last full season. Uh, with him alongside Hayward and Alualu coming back, and then you just picked up Miles Jack, who doesn't—he's not a big guy, but he covers well. You know, Devin Bush is in a year where he has to prove himself, or he's gone. You still got T.J. Watt. You picked up Levi Wallace. You re-signed Akella uh, Witherspoon, and, and now there's talk. Adams, you know, yeah. they're they're missing a safety, and Teron Matthews still out there. If they could bring him in there and just say, "Look, we're going to have the best defense in the AFC, whether you like it or not." We may not have the, the horses on offense yet, but we're going to run the ball and we're going to shut you down. Ha! Huh. Now we're talking in the AFC North. Um, can they stop the Bengals? The Bengals have a lot of weapons, but I see the Ravens taking another step back, and I see the Browns just being a work in progress, and it might be too late by the time they figure it out midseason. So the Steelers could still be up there, you know, in that one-two spot in the, in the AFC North. You just never know. It's interesting sales pitch that you're going to have for Tyron Matthew. Be like, hey, do you like playing defense? Do you like playing 45 minutes a game? Then come to Pittsburgh. You want your career to be super short because the miles on your body are going to be exhausted this year because we're not ready offensively to do anything? Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think Pittsburgh's formula this year is to hang on to the ball a little longer. And get some first downs. You got a quarterback now that's actually mobile who can actually run for a few yards if all hell breaks loose, right? You want to dominate the clock. You want your defense to not be on the field as much as they were last season. I think they're putting the pieces in place to have that happen. They're not going to be high flying. No one's going to no, they're not high flying. They're not going to be high flying. They're not the killer bees from the from the mid two thousands. That that's just not going to be them. But if they can control the clock, I mean that defense is good. So it's gonna get a lot of practice. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you, just, a, you, you are relentless today. They're just absolutely have, relentless. Well, I mean, you're saying that they, these, <laughs> these oh. offensive linemen that you got aren't the solution. No, because pew, it's a four year process. Yeah, you're pew, not ready pew. to compete at all this year. Oh. But anyway, oh. it's oh. <laughs> uppercuts, Jersey. Oh. No, I'm going to take my shots when I can get them. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Hey, if I was to say that the Steelers traded up to the fourth overall pick to grab that quarterback you have, would you be happy or not? Malik Given Willis? No, I'm talking Trubinsky because he was traded up to by the Bears to take him at four, I think. 
back I in think, the day. I think, yeah, ahead of Watson and ahead of Mahomes. I mean, I don't think he – if you look at his record with the Bears, I mean, he's, you look at wins and losses and his actual quarterback rating is pretty good. So, you know, for to get him as cheap as they did, he's fresh. He They loved him in Buffalo. Um, you know, why not? You don't have anybody on your roster right now. Why not? If you draft somebody, he's not going to be ready to play anyways. Why not? It's a two-year deal. You got nothing to lose. It's all upside. If they go 0-16, no one expected them to go and uh, be much better than anyway. So, like, it's it's win-win for this kid. I think it's a brilliant pickup, and uh, he's mobile. And I think I heard that one of the stipulations for him signing was that he didn't go. have to have dinner with Tomlin where he was eating chicken wings in front of him the whole time. <laughs> Malik Willis, if he's thinking about coming to Pittsburgh, I'm sure that tuned him right off. Nobody well, else. he said the opposite in his in his interview. He loved it actually. He was like Tomlin's a man, uh, just a just a normal guy. I love it. He was. Uh, I he was see great. the finger lick on. Uh, <laughs> uh, just love it. I nails love on it. the chalkboard for me. I would lose it. And then he took a shot at my Gators. Anyway, I thought we were going back and forth. I started going back to all the different uh, Steeler rosters. I'm like, driving. who am I going to do? I was driving. <laughs> All right, I think that's it for us today. Uh, we are gonna. Well, it's gonna come fairly Sorry, soon. Russell Wilson, we'll talk to you about talk about you next time, kid. What is there else to say? Did we not talk about him last week? I think we did. Actually, our last show, he had already been traded. So yes. yeah, he, yeah. I started writing him. Rogers Adams wasn't with the Raiders at that time. I think that Crazy. was a big, a big slap in the face. He turned down the same amount of money with Green Bay to go to uh, Las Vegas. Change of scenery, tired of like the the way the organization is working. What? Childhood team, he said. It's one of oh. his, he always wanted to play for the Raiders. So childhood team, college teammates, the quarterback. Like it's uh, you know a lot of things there. But I did see the uh, the uh, the video of Conan O'Brien walking through the office where he's slapping everything off of the shelves already. He's super grumpy walking in. They're like, this is Aaron <laughs> yeah. Rodgers walking into Green Bay today after the Adam signed. What do you do then? I don't know. That's, they got uh, problems. They do have problems. He's going to have to – I mean, they're going to have to draft. Fairly interesting. And hope guys can step up right away. But yeah. anyway, I love talking about it. We're going to get into – after the draft, we'll get into you know our super early rankings and where we think things are going to go. Uh, we are not on next week. Uh, we will start going probably bi-weekly. Uh, we'll start, but uh, it gives us a bit more time to uh, get some stuff to talk about. Um, I'm on vacation next week anyway. So next week, there is no show, but we are going to go. Do you have any last words? No, just go Ravens uh, and tune into March Madness. Uh, I think Friday night is the St. Peter's uh, Purdue game. Uh, you know, they got North Carolina still in it. You got those dirty Jayhawks in Kansas. Uh, it's just a great tournament. Enjoy it this weekend. It's some of the best basketball you'll see. And go Raptors. I need to uh, isolate the Go Ravens, and I'm going to play that all NFL season. <sighs> you know I'm going to. I know you're going to. Pierre loves the Ravens. <laughs> also, check out unsportsmanlikeconvo.com to get your gear. I have to put a new uh, swag. Get your swag. Why don't you just go out and get your swag? Go out there, click, put it in your cart, put your credit card number in there, and get your swag. Get your credit card number. Look at that swag. <laughs> Outstanding.
shit I did tonight Those will be the best memories I just wanna let it go for the night That would be the best therapy for me